Come all you thirsty, come to the well that never runs dry. Drink of the water, come and thirst no more. Come all you sinners, come find his mercy. Come to the table, he will satisfy. Taste of his goodness, find what you're looking for. For God so loved the world that he gave us, his one and only Son to save us, whoever believes in him will live forever. Isaiah 9, it says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, 
the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's sing because we have joy because of this King. part of the kids choir come forward tell someone Merry Christmas hey there are some songs that have the word bells in the title can you guess more than a couple I can guess two yeah that's one of them silver bells that's a yeah there's two 
Jingle Bells and Silver Bells. There's one more. Jingle Bell Rock. That's the third. I can only think of three with bells. There's another one. There's a fourth. Good job, Beckett. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Jacob. I'm associate pastor here at the church. We have a wonderful kids choir that's getting ready to help us sing. We'll see a skit. Uh, man, we'll have the Christmas story being read. We'll hear a sermon. It's going to be a good morning. Hey, if everyone would find that welcome card, get it out, hold it up so everyone knows what it looks like. We love for everyone to fill those out. Uh, if it's your first time here or your hundredth time here, we would love for you to fill that out. Let us know you're worshiping with us. Hey, I know they're cute, but guys, look at me, look at me, look at me. This is my time. I got the mic. Come on, come on. Jeez, you guys are still in the show. Come on. Hey, go ahead and fill it out. We would love to pray for you. Put a prayer request on the back. We also, as you're filling that out, we have a few things in the worship guide that I think would be uh, beneficial to you. Uh, we have a new sermon series starting in January. It's focusing on the 29 days of promise. We're going to go over 29 days. We have a devotional plan. We have sermons planned. We have small group material. It's going to be a big church-wide campaign. We're going to launch all that at first Wednesday, so don't miss first Wednesday in January. We're going to unveil all that. It's going to be a great time in January, kind of kickstart the new year on our spiritual journey. So, hey, I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to get on the stage because I clearly know you guys want to see something more than me here. Let me pray for us. Father, we are grateful in Jesus' name together with the saints yet again. You're so good to us. God, we're thankful for all these beautiful children that you've given us. And God, I pray the gospel would be loud and clear because we're reminded at Jesus' birth that he had an ultimate plan, which was his death on the cross for our sins. And God, we are thankful for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Take it away, guys. Okay, kids, so I hear there's a competition between boys and girls, and whoever wins gets an ice cream party? Am I right about that? All right, so hot cocoa party. Okay, let's, I, I think the girls are going to win. Yeah? All right, prove me wrong, boys. the power of sin and darkness whose love is mighty and so much stronger the king of glory the king above all kings who is the holy holy thunder and leaves us breathless and all at wonder the king of glory the king above all kings Yeah. 
singing okay kids we have a we have a, a surprise for you a special story go down there see those rugs down there go down sit on the rugs Hello, kiddos. What, what's that? Yeah, the beard's real. No, I'm not him. I, I know, I know, bowl full of jelly. I, I, anyway, let's, let's move along. I'm here this morning to share with you the, the real story of Christmas. An angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town called Nazareth to marry betrothed to a man named Joseph. And coming to her, he said, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and called the Son of the Most High. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have had no husband? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come up upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the children... The child to whom to be born shall be called holy, the Son of God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your room. For it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you will, are to name him Jesus. 
Then Joseph awoke. He did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. In those days, a decree went out that the whole world should be enrolled. So all went to be enrolled, each one to his own town. And Joseph, too, went up from the town of Nazareth to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house in the family of David to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to have her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them at the inn. Now there were shepherds in that region living in the fields and keeping the night watch over the flock. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the, Lord, the glory of the Lord shone round about them. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I proclaim to you good news of great joy. For today in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you, who is Messiah and Lord. And this shall be a sign for you. You will find an, an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels went away from them to heaven, the shepherds went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known the message that had been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed, and Mary kept all these things in her heart. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, Where is this newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at his rising, and we have come to do him homage. Then King Herod heard this. He was greatly troubled. When Herod sent the Magi to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and pay him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out, and behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until they came and stopped over the place where the child was. And on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They lay prostrated themselves and did him homage. And then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, They've departed to their country another way. And when the Lord had departed, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there. Herod is going to search for the child. And so they did. What's all this noise out here? How can anybody sleep with all this racket? 
Well, who are you? What are you doing here in my stable? Are you lost? Well, if you need a place to spend the night, you're all out of luck. I gave the last little spot I had to a guy from Nazareth named Joseph and his wife Mary. I was going to send them on their way too, but they looked tired and she was very much uh, with child, if you know what I mean. After all I did for them, she went and had a baby. Yep, right there in the middle of my stable, stirring up all the animals. So guess who's been up all night? Right, me. More hot water, please. More towels, please. Another blanket, please. Like, what do they think this is? The Hilton? Well, I, I guess I better check on the other guests. They keep complaining about it being so bright from the starlight coming through their windows. Like, I couldn't do anything about that. Remember, once you rest a little, be on your way. I have no room for anyone else to stay here tonight. Hey, kids, don't mind him. He's not as tough as he really sounds. He's just a big old softy down deep. He's right about one thing, though. This has been a special night. You can say that again. Okay, this has been a special night. <laughs> Very funny. You see, the stable is our home, and we're all getting settled down to go to sleep for the night. My midnight snack. Well, we're supposed to be going to sleep. We heard stirring around the door and saw this man and woman enter the stable. She was gently helping her because she was, she was getting ready to have a baby. It looks like she was ready to pop. She did look very uncomfortable. The man tried to fix her bed in the straw. He came in right beside me and took up the whole stall. He had to hurry because her baby was starting to be born. I've never seen a human baby born before. It was some sight. I almost lost my appetite. Yeah, I would like to see. It was beautiful. A baby boy born right here in our home. We could all see him. We could all hear him. We could all smell him. Are you sure that was a baby? What do you mean? <laughs> and the father and mother looked so proud. They had a wonderful glow about them. It seemed as though, as tired as they were, they were full of peace and love. I wanted to cry. I wanted to dance. I wanted to eat again. You know, there's something special about this baby. Even though we don't know this man, woman, and their baby, it feels right for them to be here in our home. I believe they're glad we're here with them. They even let me touch him with my nose. <laughs> I pushed some more of my straw over for his bed. I paid him some of my slop. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think this calls for a party. Sounds good to me. Oi! Yeah. Quiet, quiet. The baby's sleeping, and the mother's resting, and the father's praying. We should all try to settle back down. It's been quiet night in our little home. Well, somehow I think the night is just started. Oh well, I try and get some rest. Thanks for coming to visit us. Bye. Oi. Kids, you can go back to your, your moms and dads. You can go back to your seats now. The round of applause. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, my name is Jennifer Jones, and I'm on staff here at Great Commission. And I have the great joy and honor of overseeing our children's ministry. And in just a few minutes, we're going to receive an offering, and I'm going to invite you to give. But before we do that, I'd like to share something with you. So on a normal Sunday, over on the north side of the building, there's something going on that you rarely see, 
And that's because while we're all gathered in here for worship, our children are also gathered in the back to learn about Jesus. We have up to 100 kids each Sunday, and we use the Gospel Project curriculum to teach them the history of Jesus from the beginning of Genesis all the way to Revelation. And we actually have a beautifully detailed outline of their curriculum, and it's on the walls in the back in the kids' hallway. If you've never checked that out, I, I encourage you to do so. Um, we also do special events throughout the year to reinforce what we teach them on Sundays. We had one of those events last week. Raise your hand if you went to the Gingerbread Bash. Woohoo! So much fun, right? We had so much fun. Um, we had 40 families attend, 180 people total. And out of those, 11 families do not yet have a church home. So in addition to this, we had 45 volunteers who helped make that event possible. Events like this not only encourage our members and build up the body of Christ, but it also allows us to fulfill the Great Commission by inviting more <coughs> families to hear the gospel and give them opportunities to respond. When you give, I want you to know it not only enables us to do what we do in here on Sundays, but it enables us to have a thriving kids ministry and it helps us reach out to more families who need Jesus and a healthy church home. Our children and our babies may not understand how your generosity helps them learn about Jesus, but please know your generosity is making an impact now and in the future. It is a really big deal, and we are so grateful. So I'm going to pray now, and while our ushers prepare to receive the offering, and then I'm really excited for you to check out this video recap of our gingerbread bash. Thank you so much for your offerings that make kids ministry possible. Let's pray. Dear Father God, thank you so much for a generous church that invests in the next generation. Thank you for the generosity of your people. May this offering today impact your kingdom for the glory of God and for the good of others. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen.
Let's stand and sing another song before the sermon today.
and praise, church. Amen. Glory to our, to our King. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. Thank you for coming to this earth as a baby to grow up to be a man who dies for our sins. We praise your name forever. Oh, Jesus, our King. Amen. You all can have a seat. I come bearing pyrotechnics for later. We're going to set fire in here. How about that? <laughs> Last night, uh, my family, my wife, my sons, one of my brothers, my, my dear mom, we went to the light garden in the city park. How many of you been? Have you been to the light garden yet? I think it's going to be maybe a new Christmas tradition for us. But I was thinking, one of the local churches from the area, their praise band sang and, uh, on the stage there and and they read the Christmas story and presented the gospel, and I was just in awe because that's the second time in the last six months from our public city park that the gospel of Jesus Christ has been declared in the open air for sinners to hear and be saved. And I remember in the mid-1980s, I was just a boy, when they were building that park. This is my hometown. And I never thought, man, there'd be thousands of people there free and open and no restrictions, hearing about the Lord. And then, then I thought this last night. Tomorrow morning, I get to preach that gospel to a big crowd on the best day of the year. I love December 24th. It's my, let me tell you why I love December 24th. Because I get to eat sausage balls on December the 24th. <laughs> Somebody testify. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Church is good. My name is Trevor Davis. I'm the pastor here at at Great Commission Church. Thank you for being here on this very important Sunday of the year. We're going to do this twice today, have a full house the whole time. I love Christmas. I love Easter. I love all of that. And we're going to talk about it today. And look, I've got boilerplate sermon today. I, I didn't go searching far and wide to come up with some insight you've never heard because that's not what you need. That's not what any of us need. What we need is to remember exactly what Luke said in Luke chapter 2 about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 20 is that story. I'm going to do verses 10 through 20 because that's when the angels declared this glorious truth to the regular guys, to the, to the blue-collar workers, to the non-religious dudes, to the, to the guys that couldn't always make it to the temple to make their sacrifices and give their offerings, to, to the ones whose consciences were bothering them because they knew they could be just a little bit better. And that's what I think most of us are like. So I think these last 10 verses will do us some good today. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read a verse or two and make a comment and read a verse and give you a list and read a verse and give you a quote. And at the end, I'm going to tell you some next steps you can take. And then we're going to pray. And then we're going to light candles. Is that cool? Is that a deal? By the way, can we thank God for Jennifer Jones and her team as they lead our children's ministry all the time? Is that not awesome? I mean, the next generation is going to be the ones that continue to take the gospel to the ends of the earth until he comes. And they, they're learning about our Lord every week here. And, and we, we hope that that continues to grow. We have to build more rooms for them. 
And so here we go. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's my, here's my message outline. Uh, I'm going to tell you the truth about the Christmas message, and I'm going to give you three lists of three under that heading of the truth about the Christmas message. And then at the end, I'm going to tell you what to do with the Christmas story and give you four application points. Is that a deal? We good? And this is going to be a shorter sermon than I normally preach. Don't be excited about that part, all right? <laughs> Let's bow together in prayer. Father, thank you for the gathering of the saints of God. Thank you for this precious church that's been shining the light of the gospel for 24 years here in my hometown. Thank you for Christmas Eve and the fact that we get to be with family and friends the next couple of days and be off work and, and just remember uh, your coming that leads to your sacrifice and the, and the love of this season. God, that, that's one of the common graces you give every man and woman here. And Lord, today, God, I pray for special grace. I pray for the grace that saves souls and rescues sinners. Would it be clear coming from this pulpit in Jesus' name? And a faithful church said, Amen. all right. So here's the truth about the Christmas message. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Now there's a list in that verse. It's, it's three general details about this Christmas message about the birth of Jesus. And they're real simple. The first one is good tidings. And the second one is great joy. And the third is all people. Good tidings, great joy, all people. That means that when Jesus was predicted to come and be born in Bethlehem, the angels told the shepherds that there was, there was specific news they needed to hear. And the news was good. And let me tell you, when you come to church, sometimes you need to have your toes stepped on. But other times, you just need to be encouraged because the news about Jesus is all good. I mean, it, when I walked in this morning, my good friend Gary Bishop back there put his arm around me and he said, he said, Pastor, I just made it through my first year of all the firsts, all the firsts without my wife. She's in heaven now. And he said, if you need to talk, you just let me know. Because you see, this is, this is the first year of all my family's firsts. It's the, it's the first Christmas without my dad. And I began to think about that. Because it, it doesn't matter which Sunday it is or which month it is or what year it is. There are always those in the congregation, and then they're, they're, they're having the best time of their lives. And then there's always others that have gone through loss, they're going through deep waters, the dark clouds have gathered around their life and all, their, and all of the situations they live in, and what they need the most is just what Gary gave to me, and that is, hey, hey Trevor, it's going to get better because, because the tidings are good. And when Jesus is born... There's specific good news. Also, there's great joy. So when Jesus is born, there's, there's real emotions. Can I just give you permission from the Bible just to feel it all this Christmas? Good tidings and great joy. I mean, Christmas is more than just a set of doctrines. It, it, it's, it's time and emotion to feel and know and be happy that Jesus came, was born in a manger. Because the manger leads to the cross. And that's where the news gets the best, yes? So there's, there's specific news, good tidings, there's real emotions, great joy. And then there's this broad audience, all people. You may not be very religious. 
Somebody may have dragged you in here with the biggest guilt trip anybody ever put on you. I don't know how you got here today. Here's what I do know. I know that the message of Jesus is for you because it's good tidings of great joy for all people. And I think there's gonna be something for you as we go along. So that's the three general details. Uh, the next thing is verses 11 and 12. Let's read those. The angels go on to say to the shepherds, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Well, I gave you three general details in verse 10. Verses 11 and 12 give us three specific details. The first detail is that the Christmas message is personal. It is to you. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Friends, the Christmas story is not just for the religious people that go to church every Sunday. It's for the person sitting in your chair, young and old. Listen, if you're eight or nine years old, did you know that this, this story about Jesus is not for you later when you grow up? It's for you right now. It's to you. You're the one Jesus loves. So it's personal. It's also immediate this day. For, for to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who's Christ the Lord. Hey, can I tell you? There's no better time to get your life right with God than this day. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Behold, now is the appointed and accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. Imagine being in darkness and not knowing the Lord, hearing this message on December 24th, receiving Jesus, and then when the whole world celebrates Jesus next year, you'll be able to celebrate your, your first spiritual birthday after. How about that? You see, it's immediate, and you shouldn't waste any more time to make peace with God. It, you should do it this day. So it's personal, it's immediate. And the third specific detail is it's also authoritative. He is Savior and Lord, the verse says. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Everybody look at me. Jesus is the boss of the universe. One day every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess to God that Jesus is Lord. And you're going you're gonna to do it later. Why not now when you can receive all the riches of heaven and all the goodness of the gospel and be made right with God because you will confess that Jesus is Lord someday. It's authoritative. A savior was born in that manger and he's Christ the Lord. Every Muslim's gonna bow their knee to Jesus and confess him as Lord. Every Mormon, every Buddhist, every atheist and every false convert in Jesus he is authoritative. He didn't come to just pat you on your back and say, it's all going to be all right. It won't be all right until you obey the gospel. It won't be all right until you receive him. But then when you do, man, you get it all. 
And you become one of God's children. You become a joint heir with Jesus to all the riches and inheritance that heaven has. He's the Lord. It's authoritative. Acts chapter 2, verse 36, when Peter preached the gospel on the day of Pentecost, said the same thing the angel said to the shepherds. He said, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. He's boss, he's deliverer. He's king, he's Messiah. He is both forever. That's who Jesus is. The message declared to the shepherds by the angels is the same gospel that we receive, church. And it's the same gospel that we must continue to preach to the nations. So those are the specific details. How'd that land? I got to do that again next service. Is that all right? So there's general details, there's specific details. And then we get to verses 13 and 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. And here's what they said. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. You know, the first thing I observe in verse 13 is there were so many angels in the sky that night that even God thought it was a lot. He said it was a multitude I love the book. Did y'all love the storybook that Frank read? Was that great? My favorite part was all the angels had beards. Did you, know, did you see that? And they were all well-trimmed. It was beautiful. They all looked like the same guy. But God said, hey, when I'm announcing the birth of my son, it's so important. I'm going to fill the night sky with a number of my angelic beings, and it's going to be so many that I think it's a lot. A multitude of the heavenly hosts. You know what? The, the word translated there, heavenly host, means heavenly army. And what a paradox this is. An army that comes not to fight, but to announce peace on earth at the birth of a baby. You see, God always comes in a way that you wouldn't expect and that's easy to reject. So here's the three spiritual details in verses 13 to 14. The first detail is glory. Glory to God. Number two, peace. Peace with God. And number three, goodwill. Goodwill from God. So glory to God, peace with God, and goodwill from God. I just want to take a moment and say, amongst all the lights and all the carols, and all the yummy food, and all the gifts, and, and all the hugs and kisses, and everything that makes American Christmas tradition in the South good. Can we just set that aside just for a second and say, really, all the glory should go to Jesus? The glory of it. Because listen, whether in a manger or on the cross, wherever we see Jesus, we see salvation. So a, a Savior has been born to us, one who deserves glory. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Can you think of a better day to make peace with God than this day? The reason there's not a better day than this day is because you're not promised another day. I'm a preacher. I go to funerals a lot. Little caskets that I've carried across the graveyard and ones that are rolled out and 
old people and teenagers killed in a car wreck. Just about every one of them. The family wasn't prepared for it. Just about every one of them, the person who died didn't think they were going to die that day. I mean, you need to make peace with God and you need to make it soon. Like today. You need to receive Jesus today and obey his gospel today. Peace with God. Glory to God, peace with God, and then, then goodwill from God. Hey, can I tell you something? I don't think God's mad at you. I think he's going to judge your sin. And I think he's already made a way to judge your sin so that you can be made right with him and you don't have to be nervous. But I, I think that Christmas, he reminds us that, that there's goodwill to men. That what God did through Jesus was good. That, that when he sent Jesus to die for your sins, it was loving. In fact, that's exactly what Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says. That, that while we were yet sinners, God demonstrates his love for us and Christ died for us. So the goodwill is to find out that God loves sinners, you're a sinner, God loves you, he sent Jesus to die for sinners, so Jesus died for you, and you can receive Jesus and be made right with God and have that peace we just talked about. I, I, I I'm, I think I love these spiritual details. Glory to God, peace with God, and goodwill from God. All right, so that's the truth about the message. By the way, there is no other Savior, and there is no other way to be made right with God and go to heaven when you die. It's only Jesus. So what do we do with the Christmas story as I'm wrapping this up? What do we do with it? Well, the, the rest of the verses tell you exactly what to do with it. So it was, verse 15 when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, so the army goes back, that the shepherds started talking. And they said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Here's the first thing you do with the Christmas message. You ready? You investigate the facts. Let's go now and see this thing the shepherds say. Let's go prove it. We're curious now. Let's go and see if what the angels told us is really true. Let's go into that town and see if we find a baby asleep in a feeding trough. Because that's not something you see every day. Let's go investigate it. You know what the tragedy is? There are many in this room that have never gone and examined the truth of the things that I've been telling you. You had not looked into the scriptures. You haven't done an investigation of the Christian faith. You just listened to the culture say that the Bible is written by men and it's got lots of mistakes in it and we don't really know the real Jesus and, and the Christians are just trying to make you Republicans and all of that. You've listened to the culture and you've missed the truth. I'm not telling you to believe what I say. I'm telling you investigate what I say. And you'll, you know what you'll find out? You'll find out that all of the difficult questions... All of the apologetic questions of the age of the earth, how, how did creation happen? What about the problem of evil? What's the solution to evil? Um, is the Bible really reliable? Is it different than other pieces of literature? What happens after death? You, you'll find out that, that that's all been answered in this book that God has given us. You've got to go look. 
you got to go give Jesus Christ and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ a fair shake. That's what the, that's what the shepherds did. Okay, so investigate the facts. That's what you do, number one. Number two, do not delay. Luke 2.16. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. That means they sprinted into Bethlehem looking to see if there was a baby in a feed trough, and lo and behold, there was. They went with haste. They didn't delay. They didn't put it off any longer. They didn't procrastinate. My question to you is, are you still procrastinating receiving Jesus? Because the Christmas story says stop doing that. Come with haste to him. Come today. Verses 17 and 18. Man, we are almost done here. Now when they had seen him, the shepherds, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child and and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told by the shepherd, shepherds. What do you do with the Christmas story number three? You share the news with others. They made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. Look, if somebody invited you to church today and you came and you ended up getting right with God, send them a Christmas card and a thank you note because they gave you the greatest gift you could ever get. You know what C.S. Lewis said? He said, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And if true, of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. And so like if you're on the fence, if you're wavering between two opinions, if you're if you're kind of Jesus-y on the holidays and Mother's Day and, and, and a few times during the year when it's not raining or there's not a ball tournament or whatever, if, if you're just in the middle, if Jesus is just kind of important to you, you are wasting your time because it's all or nothing. He's either the risen Lord that was born in a stable or he's a liar who's pulled the wool over Billions of people's eyes throughout the last two, two millennia. What he can't be is just a good teacher, just a good role model, just somebody that we aspire to be like. No, he is Savior and Lord. And that's the message that's worth telling and spreading broadly. And then finally today, verse 19, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And verse 20 says, Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard as it was told them. Let me give you a quote about Mary, and then I'll give you the final thing you do with this message. Matthew Henry, 500 years ago, said it best, and he said it in English. As she had silently left it to God to clear up her virtue when that was suspected, so she silently leaves it to him to publish her honor now when it was veiled. And it is satisfaction enough to find that if no one else takes notice of the birth of her child, angels do. Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. 
And then lastly, I just read the verse. I'm going to read it one more time. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told to them. I love it that the Christmas story in Luke ends in doxology. It ends in praise because that's the last thing you do with a Christmas story. You praise God for it. I mean, you honor him. You say, Jesus, thank you. Jesus, it's your birthday. You get the biggest gift. Jesus, it's your birthday. There are lots of characters in our, in our culture of Christmas, and I'm not telling you they're good or bad. I'm telling you Jesus is just better than all of them. And don't leave him out of Christmas. Now, there's a card in your seat. It's got some next steps on there. And one of them says something about coming to Christ. What does it say, Jacob? Trust Jesus for the first time. Look, if you've never made peace with God, if, if you don't have assurance in your heart that if you die today, you go to heaven when you die, if you don't know whether you're one of God's children, hey, everybody look at me just one second. I know it's, it's so tempting just to put all the stuff up right now. Just give me, give me one minute because somebody's eternity might be at stake right here. This is the time to make peace with him. In fact, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer and look, there are no magic prayers. There's only a saving God. But the Bible says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved from their sins. And I don't know how to talk to God other than pray. And so if you want to become a Christian today, if you want to apply the Christmas story to your heart the way Luke intended for it to be, I'll just lead you in a prayer. You can pray that silently in your seat. Um, and if you mean it, and if God's drawing you to himself, it'll change everything about your life. Nobody, have to, nobody will have to twist your arm to be baptized into a local church and to get involved and to get a Bible and start reading it and to start meeting with Christians. It will transform you. And so I just want to give you an opportunity to do that. Let's bow our heads in prayer today. And you might say, Pastor, I'm, I'm ready to receive Jesus. And just tell him that. Say, Lord Jesus, I just found out that you can give me eternal life. And I just found out that you're the only one who can. And I just learned that my sins have put me under judgment. In fact, they put me under the wrath of God. And so, Lord Jesus, would you rescue me from the wrath of God that my sins deserve? I receive you as my Lord and Savior and I forsake and turn away from my old life of sin. I want you to be my Savior and my Lord. I want to be baptized. I want to be a part of your body of Christ in a local church. I want to transform life. Lord Jesus, I'm asking you right now. Amen. Now look, if you prayed that prayer and you're overwhelmed with the sense that that's what God wanted you to do, would you just mark that box on your card, the one that Jacob said earlier? Make sure we got your name and a way to contact you and put it in the boxes on the way out. And look, there won't be any obligation. We'll just contact you, send you a Bible, see what you want to go from there. It's the greatest thing can ever happen to anybody. Amen? Amen. Be saved at Christmas. All right, let's light some candles together. Candle lighting ceremony starts right now. John chapter 8, verse 12.
the reason we light candles at Christmas time is to, to show everybody and to kind of give a little ceremony of Jesus being the light of the world. So Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So we're going to light candles today together because Jesus said he's the light of the world. But we're also going to light candles together today because Jesus said that all the saints of God in the room, we're also the light of the world. In his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, he says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. And here's why we're going to light these candles. Because Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So we're going to light those candles in a moment in a dark room. It's going to light everything up. And it's going to remind us that Jesus is the light of the world and we belong to Jesus and so we're the light of the world and that we have this responsibility to let our light shine in the future. One last quote from my pastor friend named Steve Bennett. The first and greatest gift of the season was wrapped and laid in a manger. It was a gift that would never wear out. It was a gift that would never go away. Let us not overlook him in all of our celebrating. We can get those lights to go down now. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come to a person on the end of every row, and I'm going to light your candle. And then you're going to light the candle of the person next to you. And when it gets to the end of your row, somebody light the candle on the first person on the next row. And it's just going to go this way and all the way back. When we get all the candles lit, uh, Blair's going to have a stand. And we're going to sing one more song. Pretty easy? It's going to be fun.
song together.
Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. You are dismissed. We'll see you soon.